Hello. Hello, everybody. Yes, yes, everybody take your seats. Pastor Deborah here. And I have prayed for you today that you would be here in the garden with me while I teach on the heart of a leader becoming a shepherd. Yeah, everybody take your seats. Ushers, please help them to be comfortable and to have all that they need. Pencil paper if they need it. If not, let's begin with a little quick review of the last lesson before we start in this one. In the last lesson, I had just finished telling you my story of how God was getting me ready to be a leader, a shepherd. But first, he had to deal with some issues, some misconcepts, ideas, and beliefs inside of me. Yeah, and remember the story was about how God had revealed through his word, because I'd had a seeking heart to be clean and pure of everything that was not him. Remember? You do. That's wonderful. Remember? I was in a test. I was giving a test. And I was reading the Bible. All of a sudden, when I got to a certain scripture, do you remember what it is? Or was? You don't. Let me see if I can get it for you. All right. I'm going to read you the scripture that started me off becoming a leader with the heart of a shepherd. I first had to be cleaned up, as you'll learn in the lesson before this one. But I didn't know what needed to be cleaned. But I had prayed that anything that was not of this God of the Holy Bible, the Word of God of love, joy, and peace, and truth, to be exposed to me, revealed to me, so that it could be taken away, so I could give it up, and there would be room for the truth. So let me read to you the scripture that was used as light, revelation. Once I had a heart that wanted to be clean of anything that would not help me to be a leader and becoming a shepherd, And to help people the Lord's way. You first have to have that. If you believe that you are just going to learn the ways of the world. Which Pastor Deborah had learned. You will only be helping the soul part of us. The subconsciousness part. If you're able to help it at all. That part of us has the image and likeness, if it has not changed, given up, of Satan himself, the adversary of God. You may not know it. It may be very subtle. It may be in an eye wink. maybe in a look. maybe in words that are disguised, hidden. Maybe in your actions and decisions you make could come out in your behaviors of violence, 
murdering innocent things, murdering children, hurting the planet, hurting animals, a heart filled with corruption and greed, yeah, sexual things that are not appropriate, yeah, but you may not know that, but if you cannot and don't want to have a clean heart, as Pastor Deborah did, a mind, and to have it Whatever was there exposed by the light of his word so it could be dealt with the Lord's way, then you will never become a true spiritual leader of the Lord God of heaven. You might be a leader, but you will be the leader from the kingdom of darkness. You will be serving probably in ignorance, Satan, the adversary of God, and not even know it. I was from my story. Remember, it's about how I had been taught through generations that the Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, reindeer, the stockings filled by Santa coming down the chimney, leaving milk and cookies for Santa, the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, were all real. Even though I had become Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy myself, as was taught to me through the generations of my ancestors, and through culture, and even through religion. Now, the Bible, the Word of God, is not religion. So there is a difference. And I was passing these lies and deceptions to my 10-year-old son. I sort of knew it. I kind of had an idea I was doing it. Well, I knew I was doing it. But it didn't bother my conscience. It's what everybody did. It was okay in the traditions and the culture, in the stores, in marketing. That's what you did. So I didn't have any conscious awareness, conviction, in my soul, or probably even in my spirit, that this was wrong. This was a lie from Satan. This was a tradition of men, not a truth of the God of the Bible, who was trying to take me and develop me with the heart, the mind of a leader. So he could help me become a shepherd unto his sheep, his people, all of humanity. And I could guard them and watch them and protect them, even when they get off in other places. But I didn't know all that. I had a seeking heart, remember? Yeah, yeah. And I desired to be clean from anything that was not of this God and his word of truth, of love and joy and peace. So I had to get there first, and I did. And I prayed. Then when I was given that test, remember, I'm reading Colossians 2.8, and I'll read it to you. 2.8 says, Beware, that means be on the lookout, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. So I had been spoiled, mm-hmm. defiled, contaminated, is what it means. And not only through philosophy, 
which is the end result of one's concepts and ideas and beliefs, but also vain, which means unprofitable deceit. I was deceived that Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the milk and cookies I left for Santa, which was me, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, was all an unprofitable, deceitful idea that had been implanted in me from my parents, from culture, from tradition. It would not be able to produce the fruit spiritually that this God of the Bible desired to have produced through my life. Now, I didn't know this at this time in my search of being clean that he was even trying to develop me to be a leader, a shepherd. I wanted to help people, and I knew that, but I didn't know what it meant. Because when you have that desire to help people, which everybody seems to have it, it is the ways that we do it, the decisions that we make, the philosophies we have. What do we want people to think about ourselves? How do we want people to remember us and our legacy? What does our political parties, beliefs, and philosophies say I must do? What have I been taught through my years of experiences? What have I been having dreams about? What do I talk to my family about? What are my deep desires and longing that I am easily seduced by? Is it houses, property, fame, legacy, wanting to be loved by people, wanting to have all be the wealthiest person in the world? What is it? That drives you. So Pastor Deborah was beginning to look at all of that within herself. Because she had a heart that said, show me anything that's not truth and of you. Clean me out so I can help people your way. So until you get there, you're pretty dirty and defiled. Alright, Colossians 2, 8 continues. These vain Deceits and philosophy that had spoiled Pastor Deborah were after the traditions of men. So man was deciding the traditions I was to follow. The stores, the markets, the business, whatever would sell and make money, I was to follow. Whatever was the going trend, I was to follow. I was to follow the herd. Yeah. Now, I didn't know this as a young child. I believe my parents were telling me the truth till I discovered they were Santa. But I never looked at it as a vain philosophy, a deceit, a lie, that they were seeds planted into my life that I would carry on to my own child. None of that existed in my thinking of my subconscious until I first prayed that I wanted a clean heart, which means a clean mind. I didn't want anything in there, any idea, any tradition, any philosophy, any concept that was not of this God of the Bible. And I knew I had a lot, but I didn't know what they were. 
So I'm reading Colossians. After the rudiments, the very elements, basic nature of the world. And not after Christ. When I read that, I go, I've been a liar and a deceiver. Not a, I have been a leader. I was leading my child into deception, into vain imaginations. I was leading him through horrible philosophies of men and tradition by the rudiments, the very basic nature of this world, which is the kingdom of darkness, of ignorance. I was a leader, and I was leading my child through personal experience of presence, eating the milk and cookies, signing the gift cards from Santa. It was an aha moment that began a great change in my life. On the way to having the heart, the mind of a leader, then could be shaped and formed and educated into becoming a shepherd. That was the scripture that went, it was an aha moment for me. And when I repented and said, God, I am so sorry, I didn't know. I did know, but I didn't. There was no conscious awareness of its deceit, its evil, its wickedness that I had participated in passing that on through tradition to my son. It had been put on me from my parents. Mm -hmm. And then he started cleaning me up. That's how you must begin. It might be one little thing. And that was last lesson. So let's begin this lesson. Lesson number three. The heart of a leader. Becoming a shepherd. But before we begin, what does Pastor Deborah always love to do? Pray. That's right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that the prayers to bring many in the Spirit here to the garden your presence, that you desire for their spirits to hear and to see these lights of revelation, to hear your words of truth from out of your word, your Bible. We thank you that you have brought them here today and that when they return, they too will have the aha moments like Pastor Deborah did many, many years ago. And we thank you, Father, for this teaching today on the heart of a leader becoming a shepherd, that you will reveal more of yourself to us, more of themselves to them, and you will open our eyes by your light, and that your Holy Spirit will be here helping, writing on the words, and bringing revelation to their spirit. For all those that watch this in the future, let their hearts be touched so that your work can be done in developing the hearts and the minds of the spirit, soul, and the physical body into the heart of a leader that becomes a shepherd. Thank you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, we're going to pick up sort of where, right where we left off. 
As you know, after I got the aha moment, God told me I had to go to my son, who was 10, get down on my knees in front of him and ask his forgiveness. I didn't want to do it. It was hurting my pride to do that, but I did it. I wrote out on a piece of paper what I was to say about lying to him about Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, and the Easter bunny. When God directs you to do something, it will hurt your pride. It will force you into submission, both physically and in your soul. Because I was hurting him, I needed to ask his forgiveness. I had abused him. Yeah. There's not only sexual abuse or violent abuse, but you can abuse a person by lying to them. You plant seeds of deceit. You bewitch them, and you don't even know it. I had been an unknown abuser, a child abuser, to my own child. And I had to ask his forgiveness for doing that. Yes, God does consider lying to children an abusive situation. Lying is abuse. It's neglect of the truth. It's violent. Why is it violent? Because it is forcing a belief, an idea, a concept onto somebody who is innocent. Abuse isn't just physical violence. It can be verbal violence through vain philosophies through traditions of men, by teaching the very elements of this kingdom of darkness, its world, its world of lies and deceit through bewitchment. I lied to my son. Yes, I said there was a Santa Claus, a tooth fairy, and an Easter bunny. I allowed him to believe a lie. I was a liar. And at that point in my life, that lie, came from the father of lies. Satan himself had spewed that out many, many generations back, and it was producing fruit and trees and carrying down through the line of generations. I was a liar, a violent, abusive person by words and deeds against an innocent child by helping him to believe that there was a real Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, and Easter Bunny. Mm -hmm. Powerful stuff I had to learn about myself and how the power of words to defile people and to spoil them with imaginations, images, Vain philosophies of ideas, concepts and ideas. It wasn't something I was looking to learn about on that night. But now God was taking me a little farther mm -hmm, into his word to show me. Now I had the aha moment. I knew. Now I could hear his word. I went to my son, got on my knees read from my paper, and asked his forgiveness. When you abuse somebody, when you lie to them, when you cheat them, when you steal their nation's resources, when you try to pass a political law, 
by putting something that's needed in front of it to get all this other You are deceitful. And deceit is the very nature of Satan's image and likeness. You are a little Satan. You are one of his children. And you are pouring it out, deceiving and spoiling people through your words, your actions, your laws, your deeds. And you think people don't know what you're doing? Many do. And when they call you out on it, you get defensive. You call the law on them. You put up all kinds of defenses. It happens all the time in families, in school, at work, out in society. Words are violent depending on the spirit, the image and likeness that's coming through them and their purposes. I was a mess. Pastor Deborah was a mess back then. There was no way I had a mind, a heart of a leader at that time. You think this Lord was going to use me to go out and teach about Santa Claus and tooth fairies and Easter bunnies and be a leader of people when I'm already lying to my own son? Not going to happen. I wasn't even a good shepherd. I was feeding my child horrible food, vain imaginations, traditions of men. I wasn't feeding him light and truth. I was unusable to the Lord at this time. This was probably back in about 1995. I was unusable. And I did not have a heart of a leader that was pure and good. Oh, it was a leader. But it was a satanic leader. One that led through lies and deceptions because of ignorance. Oh, I was a shepherd, all right, but it wasn't a holy shepherd. It was a shepherd that would lead my own son into fields of lies and deceptions and ick. So I couldn't be used at this time. I wasn't ready. But I had to have more yet. So let's go into some more scriptures, and I'll read them to you. Colossians 1, 4 through 13. These scriptures I'm going to read are the background that led me to break off of me these chains of darkness, of ignorance, and reveal to me the great lies and deception I had believed and was passing on like a tree producing a fruit, handing it to my son to eat. Yeah, it was horrible. Horrible. I was passing on fruit that had been planted by seeds by my parents, traditions of men, customs, religion, into me. I was passing them on to my child. I was, without knowledge, I was a child abuser. Yeah. Domestic terrorism. Yeah. I was purposely changing and implanting into my son vain imaginations, philosophies, lies, deceptions. I was changing the next generation and maybe the next generation through what I was doing through my experiences, relationship, and my words about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. 
I was passing on, and God's heart was breaking, and Satan's was happy. All right, let's begin. Verse 4. This is Paul. I'm looking down at my notes. I'll bring them up a little bit. This is Paul writing and speaking to the saints, his fellow believers and brethren in Christ, which Pastor Deborah was one at the time that I was reading this. So Paul was speaking to me too, as he is speaking to you today. They were in the town of Colossia or Colossia. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. Verse 4, since we, Paul and Timothy were together, heard of your faith in Christ, heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have to all the saints. Ask yourself, could others hear of your faith in Christ Jesus, maybe in another town, maybe in a dream? Did your reputation go before you at work? And of the love which you have to all saints, the brethren who are also believe in Christ Jesus. Could they? Could somebody on a Zoom know by how you dress, you speak, you listen? Could they tell of your love for the other people who believe in Christ? That was a question. Paul said, we've heard of it. Now, we're not in your town, but we're somewhere else. Maybe they got a letter or a visitor came. But they heard, okay, of these other people and their love of Christ and their love of the other people. Can you say that you love all people who believe in Christ Jesus? Hmm? Did your reputation go before you? Maybe if you go out in the marketplace. What about if you go to the Walmart, the stores, out on the busy fields to your neighbors? Does your reputation go before you? You ask yourself. And if it does, what is your reputation? Do you bring confusion? There are people who say they are believers. They pray for people. They go to church. And yet, they will allow and pass and support and get money to companies, businesses, to kill a baby in the womb. Yep. So which reputation is true? Oh, I pray for you. I go to church, look at me. But in the world that they're in and how it affects other people, they are murderers. They pass laws to kill innocent babies. Their religion allows them to marry 10, 11-year-olds have sex with them, child brides. Their traditions allow them to mutilate the genitals of a female so they will not have sexual pleasure. Their tradition is they'll kill you and cut your head off if you even speak a bad word about who they believe in. Do their clothes speak to you? Does their reputation go before you? So that's a good question to be asking yourself. Most of us don't know what our reputation looks like out there. And if you ask somebody, they ain't going to tell you the truth. I have a tendency to tell people when I see them on a Zoom and they want to know what they thought. Sometimes I can't even hear their message because their clothes are so busy 
or when they have their camera on themselves, I'm looking down, I'm looking up, and it's distracting. And they don't recognize that that builds their reputation. Yeah. Four through third. For the hope which is laid up, Paul is saying, for you, you saints in Colossae, in heaven. It's laid up there. It's stored up for you. There's a hope that you're waiting to get. Whereof you heard before in the word of truth and the gospel, this good news. There really wasn't a lot of Bibles at this time. They would have home meetings, just talking to each other. Maybe they would meet in somebody's house and they would hear about this hope that was stored up for them from the word of truth from somebody. Hopefully you, with the heart of a leader, becomes a shepherd will speak about this word of truth. Verse 6, which this word of truth that you've heard about, that has come unto you, as it is in all the world. It's here. Yeah. It's not far from anybody. Brings forth fruit, as it should, the word of truth, does also in your spiritual thoughts. You want your spiritual thoughts your ideas in the chambers of your spirit and your soul. He wants that deep subconscious you to hear the truth. Just like Pastor Deborah did that night about Santa Claus. Yes, you who are listening out there in the garden. Yes, and all of humanity need to hear. And if you even have a little thought of help me to be clean and pure of anything that's not good and right then reveal it to me it will be revealed since the day you heard of this truth since the day you heard this video or you sit in the garden yet most of humanity are spiritually deaf they cannot hear they're in deep sleeps trances they have multiple personalities you might have a personality that's a legislator and a personality that goes to church and a personality at home and a personality when you're out trying to get reelected. You might be a business owner, have a business personality, but yet you're totally different at home. I can tell you I ran into pastors' children who had multiple personalities because in the church where their father was teaching, they had to act one way. But when they got home, it was something else. So they had to be a different person. We all do that at some extent. Sometimes you act as a child. Sometimes you act as a grown-up. But he is saying all of humanity is has divisions appear. The soul is a mess. Most of humanity will not hear truth. It hurts. You might discover who I really am and what I'm really doing. And remember, when it is discovered as Pastor Deborah's aha moment, I had a moment in time I could either obey God and go to my son or pray to be cleaned up or ignore it. Some people are having dreams about their lives, their decisions, their actions. They wake up and they just attribute it to a bad dream. 
because he can't talk to them any other way. When their religious leaders talk to them, they just push them aside. When other voices come along and question what they're doing, they blacklist them. They send the law after them. They get the media to be their dogs, their mouthpieces, because they don't want you to spread what they think is lies about them. But it's the truth. They don't want you to really know who they really are and who they're really serving. So they hide. Just like some guy that came into a serpent in the garden. Yeah, he didn't want this woman to really look at him because she would not receive his words, his seeds. Now, in this deep subconsciousness of us, before I go any further with these scriptures in Colossia, I want to end here. I want to just bring up this idea that in order to have the heart of a leader and for it to become a shepherd, you must be dealt with, just like Pastor Deborah. This was not the only thing that God dealt with me on. This was a major one. It doesn't sound very major, but it was. Because when there is that here in my subconscious and spirit, there is no room for the truth. The house is full. It's spoiled. It's diseased. It's ideas. It's concepts. And until they can be taken out, destroyed, let go of, there was no room for light and truth and a cleansing in here. My heart could not help people the way he wanted me to help them. I could not have the heart of a leader. I could not become a shepherd and guide nations. I had some lady on LinkedIn ask me, what authority did I have to speak to kings of nations? She doesn't realize the question she was asking was the very same thing that was asked of Christ Jesus. By what authority do you do what you do in the words that you say? All the kings of all the nations happen to be Pastor Deborah's spiritual children. Yes, I speak to them like a mama. You wouldn't know it. I keep a lot of things very quiet, but I'll just tell you that. My job as a leader is to raise up the next generation of leaders. Even if they're already in grown bodies and they're kings, crown princesses, presidents, prime ministers, politicians, business owners, billionaires, trillionaires. Spiritually, they are all children. They all need a mama leading them, guiding them, a shepherd to take them to the right places where they can eat good truth. And the ick that's in their soul can be dispelled and cast out. That's what Pastor Deborah does. I didn't do it at first because I was a mess. So what we're learning is, first you must have the heart that is seeking to be pure, clean, and not have anything in it that's not of the God of the Holy Bible. If you're going to help people his way. Now you can help people other ways. And it does some good. But it's not the kind of help he is seeking and desiring for humanity. He's working with the spirit. We learn later by a woman of Samaria at a well with this young man named Christ Jesus. She was asking a question. 
and saying, you know, you Jews go into Jerusalem at the temple to worship. Well, we go up on this mountain and we worship at some tree or something. Where are we supposed to go? What's the truth? And this young man named Jesus said, Ma'am, I know that's what you've been doing. I know you were taught by your ancestors to go to the mountains. I know the Jews go to the temples. But from now on, you aren't going to do either one of those. That's not the rightful place to worship. God that you're trying to worship, he is a spirit he cannot be worshipped in the natural world, in buildings, at trees. He is seeking and searching for your spirit, that unseen part of you that's trapped in the soul's subconscious. He's looking for that spirit to be free, to worship him by the spirit, in the spirit, and with the Spirit. He said, those days are coming and they're here now. Can you imagine if you were told that? That going to the mosque, praying and bowing down six times a day. Going and walking around the, the circles. Going and doing everything you're doing. Going to church once a week. Bible. That that meant nothing to this God. Because your spirit was not doing it. I'll tell you a precious story about Candy. You may not have met her yet. She was a lady born into multi-generational Satanism. And I went to a church and she followed me in spirit. She got there was Holy Communion time. She was afraid to take spiritual Holy Communion because spiritual Holy Communion had been so satanically and demonically defiled. It was drinking real blood of humans. The human sacrifice, Christ Jesus, eating real human flesh. It was a spiritual defilement that the spirit was afraid to partake in because of the defilement spiritually that had occurred. So we learn. If you're going to help people the Lord's way, as Pastor Deborah wanted, I was to be working with the spirits. I had to first have the heart of a leader, clean and pure. And I had to learn how to be a spiritual shepherd to the spirit, working with this God and his own spirit, his words of spirit and life to help the spirit. That would then help renew and transform the soul. I had already tried working with the soul in mental health counseling. Giving out food and stuff to the biological. But none of it changed the spirit. That part of us that would live on past earthly death. Even if somebody's in a coma. Their spirit is there and it is alive. Do a lot of work with people in those conditions. Do a lot of work with babies in the womb. People on their deathbed. People in comas. Yeah. That's the real work that Pastor Deborah was getting ready to do. But my heart wasn't ready yet. My mind was still spoiled and defiled by vain imaginations and philosophy. He was just dealing with one, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. So in this lesson, number three, 
You just have to have that beginning and then keep going. Keep going and getting clean. Keep going and getting all the ick out. So he can then pour back into it clean truth, clean, bring light in. So then you are working. First, you have to do yourself. Then your heart is being developed to be a leader. And it's developing and learning how to become a shepherd. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for those that you have brought here today to the garden to hear this. Thank you for hearing the prayer that only you can answer. And Father, take this message all around the world in the realm of the Spirit. Defeat Satan and his vain philosophies, his darkness, his ignorance, his rudiments of his world. Push back, Father. Destroy the lies and deceit. Help those that had become abusers of children and other people through their philosophies and words. Help them to ask for forgiveness and to change their ways. Father, you're a mighty Father and God that will help us if we ask you. And I thank you for listening and hearing even their little whimpers and their cries. In the name of Christ Jesus. All right. We'll see you again in lesson number four. We'll pick up right here in verse six and keep working. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.